total of 2.4 billion for the revitalizing historic buildings through partnership scheme under which 19 historic building conservation projects have been launched so far. Through the financial assistance for maintenance scheme on built heritage, we have also assisted private owners in carrying out proper maintenance works for 71 historic buildings. Moreover, we are committed to enhancing public awareness of conservation of historic buildings and supporting relevant economic research. The Built Heritage Conservation Fund has subsidized many successful revitalization projects, such as Tayo Heritage Hotel, Lui Sengchun and Yao Chongyi Academy since its establishment. These revitalization projects have become local highlights, attracting many people to visit during leisure time. They also enhance Hong Kong's appeal as a tourist destination, and many of them have won international awards for heritage conservation. I propose to earmark an additional funding of $1 billion for the fund with a view to further promoting the conservation of heritage and the historic buildings, caring and inclusion. We will continue to strengthen community and residential care services as well as social work services to support the elderly, persons with disabilities and children, involving an additional annual expansion of over $1.9 On residential care services, we will regularize three pilot schemes, namely the pilot scheme on multidisciplinary outreach and support teams for the elderly, the pilot scheme on residential care service voucher for the elderly and the pilot scheme on professional outreaching teams for private residential care homes for persons with disabilities. We will also allocate additional resources to upgrade the standard of EA2 homes under the enhanced bond phase scheme. On community care services, we will regularize the pilot scheme on home care and support for elderly persons with mild impairment and the speech therapy service of the enhanced home and community care services so as to help the elderly in need age in place. On the provision of additional welfare facilities, we will set up seven contract residential care homes in the multi-welfare services complex which is near completion at Putong North NDA, as well as a new contract residential care home under the development project at Queens Hill in Fenling. In addition, a neighborhood elderly center, a special child care center, and an early education and training center will also be set up in Area 54, Timun, to provide community support and training services for the elderly, carers of elderly persons and children with special needs in the area. We will also regularize the pilot scheme on social work service for pre-primary institutions to facilitate early identification of and provision of assistance to pre-primary children and their families with welfare needs. Moreover, persons with disabilities receiving subsidized residential care and community rehabilitation services will be provided with soft meals from October this year onwards to cater for the needs of users with a swallowing problem. Neighborhood Support Child Care Project. Under the Neighborhood Support Child Care Project launched in 2008, service operators recruit child carers to provide families in their neighborhood with flexible daycare day child care services at home as a way to foster the spirit of mutual help in the community. To better meet the keen demand for day child care services, the government will review the implementation mode and effectiveness of the project, including the need for home-based child carers to undergo certified training and the level of their pay, with a view to enhancing service quality as well as attracting more people to become home-based child carers. The review is expected to be completed by mid-2023. Public finance. The current term government has 
all along been adhering to the principles of exercising fiscal prudence, keeping expenditure within the limits of revenue, and committing resources as and when justi justified and needed in public finance management. We have also tried to enhance the transparency of public finance. Thanks to years of economic development and the hard work of our people, the fiscal reserves stood as about $550 billion when this term of the government took office, and subsequently reached a record high of $1.17 trillion in year 2018-19. The ample fiscal reserves have enabled the government to allocate additional resources in a prompt and decisive manner to defuse crisis over the past two years, including setting up the AEF with an injection of about $200 billion in total, and implementing counter-cyclical measures on a massive scale to relieve people's hardship and stabilize the economy. Though consolidated deficits were recorded from 2019 to 20 to 2020 to 21 as a result, the positive impact of the above initiatives, along with our solid foundation built on the principle of one country, two systems, have turned the consolidated deficit projected in the original estimates into a consolidated surplus projected in the revised estimates for this financial year. Our fiscal reserves are estimated to stand as about $940 billion at the end of the current term of the government and will gradually rebound to over $1 trillion, equivalent to 16 months of government expenditure during the five-year period in the medium-range forecast. On enhancing the transparency of public finance, I have brought back the housing reserve to the fiscal reserves since 2019 to 20, and also announced last year that the investment return of the future fund will be progressively reflected in the operating accounts. These measures will allow one to have a full grasp of the government's fiscal strength and help maintain our financial stability. Striving to maintain healthy public finances, to address social aspirations and strive for service enhancements, the current term government has significantly increased the recurrent expenditure on social welfare, health care and education. Based on the revised estimates for the current financial year, the overall cumulative increase in the recurrent expenditure in these three areas will exceed 40 percent, or close to $85 billion in dollar terms. In view of the very substantial increase in the recurrent expenditure from $361.8 billion in year 2017-18 to over $510 billion in the original estimates for this year. I emphasized last year that government's expenditure should enter a consolidation period. I also announced an expenditure reduction program under which government departments were required to cut recurrent expenditure by 1% without affecting livelihood-related spending. Given the lasting effects of the recurrent expenditure reduction, we will not roll out any further expenditure reduction program this year. Otherwise, the cumulative impact may disrupt departmental operations and in turn affect the delivery of public services. We will, however, continue to examine carefully any new initiatives that will incur recurrent expenditure and strictly control the growth of the civil service so as to ensure that our long-term financial commitments are commensurate with the increase in our revenue. The current time government actively promotes the government's green bond program. Given that green bonds are issued to finance certified green projects and our commitments not to use the proceeds for meeting operating expenditure, they are widely accepted by investors. The issuance of green bonds will not undermine our fiscal discipline, but can relieve the government's fiscal pressure arising from the need to meet capital expenditure with existing resources, and hence further reinforce the confidence in our public finances.
Increasing revenue. Hong Kong is an open economy with a relatively narrow tax base. Our revenue is susceptible to changes in the economic environment. To maintain healthy public finances, we follow the principle of keeping expenditure within the limits of revenue to ensure that the growth of expenditure is commensurate with economic growth. We also need to maintain the development and vibrancy of Hong Kong's economy and identify new areas of growth with a view to increasing revenue. Our simple and low tax regime, one of the cornerstones of our success in maintaining Hong Kong's competitiveness, is of utmost importance in bolstering our competitive edge. It is also closely related to our economy and people's livelihood. On the other hand, owing to the implementation of various policy objectives, enhancements of services and an increase in investments in various areas of the community pursued by the current type of the government, public expenditure will remain at a relatively higher level. Our anti-epidemic efforts and the relief measures implemented in the past two years have also incurred additional expenditure. Given that government's, government's revenue should be commensurate with its expenditure, we need to implement measures to increase revenue without affecting people's livelihoods so that we can broaden our revenue sources while maintaining our policy of low tax rates in Hong Kong. In last year's budget, I proposed to raise the rate of stamp duty on stock transfers as a measure to help increase government revenue in the short run. However, with the outbreak of the fifth wave of the epidemic, businesses and individuals are generally under considerable financial pressure. Having regard to the current economic situation, I believe that this is still not, not the appropriate time to revise the rates of profits tax and salaries tax, which are major sources of revenue. We anticipate that the deficits will still be recorded in year 2022 to 23. In the medium term, with the implementation in 2023 of the international tax reform proposals drawn up by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or OECD, the introduction of a global minimum tax rate may help in increase revenue from profits tax. I also propose to introduce a progressive rating system for domestic properties to reflect the affordable users' pay principle. I will elaborate on these two measures in the, late, in the latter part of the budget. Taking into account these new revenue streams, we expect that the government will start to achieve fiscal balance beginning from year 2023 to 24. In the long run, there will still be challenges in alleviating the pressure on public expenditure in the face of an aging population. The government will continue to explore different ways to broaden revenue sources and we initiate in-depth discussions in due course to forge a consensus on how to sustain healthy public finances to meet the development needs of our economy and society. Rating system. Revenue from raised accounts for about 3 to 4 percent of total government revenue. Last year, I announced in my budget a review of the rating system. Upon review, I propose to revise the rating system as follows. A. Granting raised concession in a more targeted manner. The government will continue to consider on an annual basis whether to provide raised concession in the light of the prevailing circumstances to allow flexibility for the measure. In addition, in view of the public concern over the multiple raised concession received by owners with multiple domestic properties under the current raised concession mechanism, we propose that for future raised concession for domestic properties, only those eligible owners who are natural persons can apply for raised concession for one domestic property under the name. Taking the raised concession ceiling of year 2022-23 as a reference, new arrangements can save around $3.1 billion for the government when a one-off raised concession is implemented in the future.
Introducing a progressive rating system for domestic properties. For domestic properties with rateable value of $550,000 or below, it is proposed that rates be charged at the present level of 5% of the rateable value. For domestic properties with rateable value over $550,000, it is proposed that rates be charged at 5% of the rateable value on the first $550,000 and at 8% of the rateable value on the next $250,000, and then at 12% on rateable value exceeding $800,000. This can better reflect the affordable users pay principle. It is expected that about 42,000 domestic properties will be affected, accounting for around 2% of the total number of private domestic properties, with an increase of about $760 million in government revenue each year. The above revisions to the rating system will involve significant modifications on the IT system of the rating and valuation department. The government will implement the above revision proposals in phases. The proposal regarding rates concession for domestic properties will be rolled out in the first phase in year 2023 to 24, whereas the proposed progressive rating system for domestic properties will be introduced in the second phase in year 2024 and 2025. The government will in due course consult the electrical panel on financial affairs on the outcome of the rating system review, the details and the implementation timetable of the proposals. New international tax standards. Last year, Hong Kong, together with more than 130 jurisdictions across the globe, pledged to implement the international tax reform proposals drawn up by the OECD to address base erosion and profit shifting. Abbreviated as BAPS 2.0. As the global minimum effective tax rates under BAPS 2.0 only targets large multinational enterprises, or MNE, Groups with global turnover of at least 750 million euros, it will not affect local SMEs. The government has been exchanging views with the affected MNEs on matters relating to the implementation of BAPS 2.0, and reaffirmed that we would preserve the advantages of Hong Kong's tax regime in terms of its simplicity, certainty, and transparency, maintain, our the, maintain the territorial source principle of taxation, as well as minimize the compliance burden on MNEs when implementing BAPS 2.0. Governments will maintain communication with the relevant MNEs to enable them to familiarize with the new tax rules as soon as possible. The plan to submit a legislative proposal to the electrical in the second half of this year to implement the global minimum tax rate and other relevant requirements in accordance with the international consensus. At the same time, we will consider introducing a domestic minimum top-up tax. With regard to the aforesaid MNEs, starting from the year of assessment 2024-25, to ensure that the effective tax rates reach the global minimum effective tax rates of 15%, so as to safeguard Hong Kong's taxing rights. Based on our rough estimates, the domestic minimum top-up tax will involve an amount of about 15 billion Hong Kong dollars per year. Revised estimates for year 2021-22. The 2021-22 revised estimates on government's revenue is $682.7 billion, higher than the original estimates by 15.5% or $91.8 billion. This is mainly because revenues from land premium and profits tax are higher than the estimates by $43.5 billion and $42.4 billion, respectively. As for government's expenditure, the revised estimate is $699 billion, 4% or $28.8 billion lower than the original estimate. This is mainly because the operating expenditure is $18.8 billion lower than the estimates.
All in all, I forecast a surplus of 18.9 billion dollars for year 2021-22. Fiscal reserves are expected to be 946.7 billion dollars by the 31st of March this year. The civil service establishment recorded zero growth in this financial year. Departments have enhanced effectiveness and efficiency through prioritization, internal redeployments, and streamlining of work processes so that the workload can be handled even without increase in the civil service establishments. Estimates for year 2022-23. The major policy initiatives announced in the 2021 policy address involve an operating expenditure of about $10.4 billion and a capital expenditure of $4.7 billion. I will ensure that adequate resources are provided to fully support the launch of these initiatives. Total government revenue for year 2022-23 is estimated to be $715.9 billion. Earnings and profits tax is estimated to be $251.1 billion, increasing by 3.3% over the revised estimates for year 2021-22. Having regard to the land sale program and the land supply targets of year 2022-23, revenue from land premium is estimated to be $120 billion, decreasing by 15% compared with the revised estimates for 2021-22. Revenue from stamp duties is estimated to be $113 billion, increasing by 11.9% over the revised estimates for year 2021-22. Total government expenditure for year 2021-22 decreased by 14.4%, with its share in nominal GDP projected to drop from the peak of 30% in year 2020-21 to 24.4%. Total government expenditure for year 2022 and 2023 will increase by 15.5% to $807.3 billion. Public expenditure will continue to account for about 24.9% of GDP on average during the five-year period up to 2026-27 in the MLF. The recurrent expenditure of the current term government increased from $361.8 billion in year 2017-18 to $467.1 billion in year 2020-21, representing an increase of nearly 30%. Of this, expenditure on education, social welfare and health care, which are the free policy areas closely related to people's livelihood accounts for about 58%. In year 2022-23, the estimated recurrent expenditure on education, social welfare and health care accounts for 60% or $341.6 billion. Among these, the expenditure on health care has recorded the largest increase, representing more than double of that in year 2017-18. The government's target of zero growth in the civil service establishment will remain unchanged in year 2022-23 with the aim of ensuring the sustainability of the Finances. It is expected that as at the end of March 2023, there will be about 197,000 posts in the civil service establishment. Medium range forecast. The MRF projects mainly from a macro perspective the revenue and expansion as well as financial position of the government. From 2023 to 24 to 2026 to 27, a real economic growth rate of 3% per annum is adopted for the MRF. During the above period, the average annual capital works expansion will exceed $100 billion, while the recurrent government expansion is expected to drop by 1.8% in 2023-24. It will subsequently grow at a rate between 4.1% and 4.6% per annum. Regarding revenue from land premium, 
the forecast for 2023 to 24 continues to be based on the average proportion of revenue from land premium to GDP over the past 15 years, which is 3.8% of GDP. I also assume that the growth rate of revenue from profit tax and other taxes will correspond to the economic growth rate in the next few years. In addition, the MRF reflects the bringing back of the investment return of the future fund and the proceeds of the government green bond program. Based on the above assumptions and arrangements, I forecast a deficit in the operating account in 2022 